Oops, already had my mic on. Okay, hello there, everybody. Welcome to Han Talks First. I'm Han. This is the podcast you're looking for, Star Wars podcast. Obi-Wan Kenobi just ended, episode six. We are going to talk all about it. I have a great friend of mine joining us today to talk about his thoughts, too. We're going to review the episode, but we're also going to look back and reflect the entire series as a whole it's been one hell of a ride, a short ride, four and a half weeks, but it was truly special. And then my own uh, condensed review is coming out tomorrow, and there's a chock full of great stuff in that too. So if you want to check that out, subscribe, like this video down below. It helps out with the algorithms, those stupid YouTube algorithms that only help you out if you like the video. So please do me a solid, like it for me. And we're everywhere podcasts are found, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Overcast, shall I go on? Literally anywhere podcasts are found, we're there. So go and check that out. And like I said, we are discussing Obi-Wan Kenobi. This is where the fun begins. So who talks first? You talk first. I talk first. God damn it, Poe, every time. I talk first, not you. So let me bring in my esteemed Star Wars colleague to the show now. Uh, this is Zach. Some of you may have seen him before. Some of you may have not. But he's here with me today to talk about a fantastic show that we've all been experiencing and collectively. So, and where to find him. How you been, dude? What's hey, up? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Uh, it's been a, a hell of a past couple weeks for me. But you know, this show has been something that I've had... Kind of pulling me, pulling me along. Something to look forward to, especially when it all. I don't know if you're a Marvel, but you you're a Marvel guy. So I, I don't know if you're watching Miss mm-hmm. Marvel too. But like we get, we got them both at the same time. That was pretty cool. Were you I watching that uh, as well? No, I haven't been watching Miss Marvel. I haven't kept up with a lot of the. I am a Marvel guy, I suppose, but I'm a fake fan. Haven't been keeping <laughs> up with. <laughs> I think the last thing I watched was. Uh, moon Knight, and it's that that one even started to lose me towards the end so i'm a real fake fan um but yeah kenobi has been pretty much one of the only things getting me through this quarter that i'm currently in for my uh grad school and uh (laughs) it was a hell of an episode i need more i need more things than it's but this was a hell of an episode today and before we get into, like, I guess, our review or any of the details about it, I do have a question for you to start us off. So out of all of the characters, who would you say is your new, is your favorite new addition to Star Wars? So not Obi-Wan, not Anakin, and the new characters we got introduced to this, this uh, series. Uh, I was really partial to... Um the droid that died for Tala. Um, but, uh, Oh, the, um, the loader, the loader, yeah, droid. The, the loader droid, the one that doesn't speak. Uh, that was really cool. I also really like Reva. I know I'm probably really, gonna, yeah, I'd, I'll tell you exactly why I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna read you a tweet I sent today from an airplane. Okay. Okay. While you <clears throat> put up a picture of Reva. Okay. Reva is a very important character to the Kenobi show. 
She embodies revenge, disdain, and confusion. See, she is the kind of person that life happens unfairly to and whose authority failed her. A child whose innocence was robbed. She means a lot to me in the context of this show. The moment that we get with Reva and Kenobi on Tatooine is so very special and I think serves as a great reminder that you are not your shortcomings. Even when all the light is lost and you're on your 40th day in the desert, you can be good. That was a great tweet. Thanks. That was a great tweet. I, yeah, I was, I, I was, I was, I had been kind of iffy on her. I really started to enjoy her uh, when Kenobi confirmed that she was after Darth Vader, and then after that, I've I've been more partial to her since I guess last week, and then this week with that moment that they got together, I, I saw the importance she held uh, in terms of the show. She's she's kind of a beacon of light for Obi Wan again. In my, um, well, I can't wait to dive into that a little deeper. In my review, which I'm putting out tomorrow, I've already recorded it at the time we're doing this, but um, I go into a lot of uh, breakdowns about the Reva character, um, which I want to talk about a little bit with you. But for me, my favorite new character, it's kind of stupid, but Freck, is that his name? Freck Freck. or Fred? The oh, ones oh, from the guy that drove Mark. the truck, yeah. The truck driver. I don't know why, but he <laughs> left an impact on me. Thought I really you might want to take a look at him. I feel like he's the kind of guy who, after he has a day of driving around, doing work, he goes and stops by a Dexter's and has a beer and just talks shit with Dexter. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, he had I feel that like same they, kind of energy. Yeah, I feel like they're, they're buds, and if it was different circumstance, he'd be really close with Obi-Wan too. Talking about cloners and all that. <laughs> the size of your pocketbook. <laughs> with that weird, wink, with that wink, weird wink, evil we laughter that comes out at the end. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. I think, I think Star Wars often gets the, those kinds of characters really, really well, or gets them well. How should I say this? I think like just kind of the those sort of blue collar people in in the Star Wars universe that you only get to glimpse into like how they do dialogue very infrequently is it's a cool thing like when you get a character like that that's kind of you know speaks with a a, a twang or you know kind of has a, this tertiary role that isn't so consequential to the story but makes it rooted in a reality that's more familiar to us as people is kind of a special thing. Yeah. And he was kind of a, um, talking about Freck, he was kind of a, uh, what is it called? Uh, Empire supporter. You know, he he enjoyed the, uh, the new order of things and it actually benefited him. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So it's, he's a Texan. Like, yeah, exactly. It's uh, I, I like it too. I think sometimes I, I think sometimes it can be done right. Um, I, I there's only one example I can think of a side character I really didn't enjoy, and that was the blue fish man from episode one of Mandalorian. I didn't. I really oh. didn't like that one. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, yeah, I do, I do. I I liked him too. He the first he kind of had he was a Haja energy character though. And I had I had a hard I think Haja was one of my least favorite parts of the Kenobi series. What do you mean Haja? Haja, um, 
he's uh, what Kumil Kum Kum Kum. Oh, is that his name? Yeah, Haja. Haja. Oh, that's Haja. right. Okay. Yeah. 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 I I the side characters in Obi Wan Kenobi, I would say, is probably what I had the biggest issue with. Not necessarily mm-hmm. the people casted, but man, some of their uh, some of their journeys, some of their uh, the way they were written and stuff. The, the biggest example is who? What was the name of the character that O'Shea Jackson was playing? Oh, um, yeah. What I can't uh, remember his name. The, the the guy from the end, right? Uh, Ro- yeah, Roken. Roken. I think that's it. Yeah. yeah. I think so it's this guy <laughs> in episode four, I I remember he was like, "There's no way I'm going to help you. I'm not going to join. I'm not going to do this." Three seconds later. You know what? Uh, you feel my help? If you, you got if, it. You've got it. I I, th- I thought that way too, but then I watched it again and I watched his uh, his because I, I remember laughing about that at first, and then I did. I I watched each episode each week twice, and the second go around, I was like, "Well, he does." He says no, and then Obi Wan brings up like, "You have no idea what they're capable of," and then he goes, "Well, they took my wife." You know, on second thought, you've got my help. <laughs> Yeah, it it can. Re, I rewatched it too, and it did make a little bit more sense. But that was retracted when he did the same thing this week. He was, um, he was like, they're they're in the ship and they're all trying to fly away, and Obi Wan's like, "I'll leave. Vader will go after me, and you all will be free." And then he's like, um, "We don't have the time for that." And he's like, "Well, I'm gonna go, and I'll I'll, I'll do this so you guys can get away." And then he's just like. Don't don't go. We have the time to fix it. And I was like, dude, you are the most bipolar thought man I've ever seen in Star Wars. It's true. And it's not his fault. <laughs> I was just confused a little bit. I was thinking about how um, Mark Hamill used to laugh about clunky dialogue in Star Wars. <laughs> and Deborah Chow is just living up to that legacy, I suppose. <laughs> Is a Harrison Ford quote? You can say you can write this shit, George, but, but you, you can't, can't say it. it. Move your mouth when you're typing this shit, George. <laughs> God damn it, George. Um, <laughs> okay, so uh, let's let's jump into like this episode in particular. So, I mean, I kind of feel how, or I kind of know how you felt through this whole series so far. You you loved it, and um, yeah. but as far as this this episode paying off the entire series or um getting into the real premise of the show you know this episode alone how did how did you walk away from it how did it hit you uh really really well um so i i've watched it i watched it at home first thing i woke up this morning at about seven in the morning and i had to rewind several times during the fight scene it was it was really special. At first, I kind of thought this kind of looks fan filmy as I'm watching it, and I'm a little disappointed. I'm watching this. I'm not liking the camera angles. I'm feeling like the lightsabers are looking a little cartoony. Then I rewind it again and I watch it, <clears throat> and instead of being upset about how fan filmy I thought it looked, I was more upset about the fact that the last time we had a great duel like this between these two characters, it was transferring between them fighting and Yoda and Palpatine and we go this and I'm just getting this kind of unexciting unenthusiastic 
pursuit sequence from with Reva and Luke and Owen and Baru. And so I think that took me out of it a little bit. Like when I go, I, I watched it again on the plane and I found myself kind of hitting the 10 seconds button when they were going through like the part. I, of course, I, I like I just said, I, I appreciate that whole kind of chase sequence for what it brings to the end of the show. I thought that was really special. But yeah, it's, it's almost hard to put into words. It, it, was, it, was, it was very well done. I really, I really liked that that fight. Um, I was a little, I mean, I knew Qui Gon was coming. I think they blew too much of the budget on uh, bad CGI. <laughs> Didn't spend enough on getting uh, any longer of a sequence with Liam Neeson, so that was a little bit disappointing. It was cool, you know. Don't get me wrong, but it's such a special character from my childhood that gets like 19 seconds of screen time. And they do a little bit of lore busting, I guess, too, with that. But that was really cool. Um, Palpatine looked funny. But, (laughs) again, I guess they didn't spend the budget on the makeup. (laughs) So I, I, for me, it was, it's been an interesting ride uh, up and down. You know, I, I adored the first episode. And I guess the second, since they came out at the same time. But I was on a high, man. After those first two, I was blood pumping. Um, I I thought it was brilliantly crafted. And then, <clears throat> and setting up a great story. Episode three was good, not great. And then four mm-hmm. came around and I was like, what is happening? <laughs> I liked that one. I know you did. <laughs> I I thought I'm, one of I was the, I'm like one of four people. <laughs> I wanted to go play in traffic after that episode. It was, it was it hit me that bad. But then five came around. No, it got a little bit better. Still some, you know, I still had some issues. Um, mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, six re- six is like it's gonna make or break it for me, you know, because I'm kind of split half and half right now. And I just I. You know, I know I look at things through a critical point of view. That's just, I don't do it intentionally. It's just how I look at things for some reason. And so I really tried with this one to go in with a different mentality. And I walked away really pleased. Still had a bunch of questions, but I thought this episode was, uh, it was good, not great. I wasn't blown away or anything like that, but I was a little satisfied. I, I had been waiting for the past four and a half weeks for Qui-Gon Jinn, Liam Neeson to come back. So that made me really happy. I thought the fight scene, Vader and Obi-Wan, was had great emotional beats. I thought the dialogue between them was some of the best in the entire series. Mm-hmm. And Oh, um, man. Oh, I got bricked up. When <laughs> Darth Vader shows up and goes, are you here to destroy me? And he says, I will do what I must. And I went... I think I did too. Yep, I just totally imploded. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I would say you know overall oh. for the for this, what this episode did for me was it made the show entertaining. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was anything mind blowing or um, doesn't want me having wanting to more see more of this character or season two or anything like that. But it was a nice short ride that left me 
relatively satisfied. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, season two would imply probably more Liam Neeson, right? I, mean, what, I would hope so. What could we possibly get that could outdo a round two duel? Because they couldn't do a round three. That would re- that would really start to cheapen what happens in A New Hope. Oh. It looks like it looks like I'm running the show now. <laughs> um, let me just confirm that this is the case. Uh, yeah, I straight up am. Okay, well, you're watching Han Tong Talks First. I'm Zach Valadon, and this is Han Talks <laughs> First. I don't know what happened. My, my computer screen just blacked out. <laughs> That was wild. And then I see on my other monitor, Zach just going like, well, I guess I'm in charge now. <laughs> <laughs> he was my apprentice and he struck me down and took over my show. <laughs> For the audio listeners, my video completely went away and I had to reboot my screen. But Usually it's I'm surprised me I did so quickly. Too. Well... The last time you met me, you were but the learner, but now you're the master. Now I have I, things to learn. My strength has returned. Well, now that I totally blacked out for a second, I have to reboot my screen here. So tell me, explain more about your you know, admiration for the new edition of Reba. I, I want to hear more on that, and then yeah. I want to kind of bounce back to you. You know, it's, I think... Well, a lot of people seemed really enthused about um, the bait and switch that they did with her in terms of being like after Vader. And I was enthused about it too, but it was one of those things where I was like, dang, how did we all not see this coming? And um, so when uh, when they did that, that switch flip and then she had the fight with Vader, I, I was really impressed with her character for going after him and sticking to her guns. Um, I was a little, I guess, leading up to that, I was like, I mean, she makes, a lot of people seemed upset that she was a part of the story at all. And I, I didn't get that. I, like, I understood her motivation even when I thought it was different. I thought she was, you know, an an interesting and pretty good actor. I had no real qualms. It it made sense that Vader wasn't just going to like bust through the door of every planet and start, you know, messing things up unless Kenobi was dangled on a stick in front of him. So, yeah, when it all came down and wrapped up and, you know, we find out that she is in fact that girl from, the the order 66 sequence that the show opens up with and clearly she's so consumed by the dark side at this point that she's i mean she's still after revenge now she wants revenge against kenobi and then to make the decision not to to decide to be a good person in the end and to have that tender moment with kenobi where he is able to impart a lesson to her and be a comforting figure is something that you don't get to see Kenobi obviously have with Anakin. So okay, I think so let me jump in right there. Do yeah. you, do you really feel that 
it was earned for her to have a redeeming arc at the end of this season. Yeah. Really yeah. Enough there. Yeah, I think so. I think for her, I mean, you know, clearly as everybody on in the Twitter world has mentioned, although you're not on Twitter anymore, but <laughs> as, as everybody on Twitter has mentioned from the very beginning, um, people have been feeling like this is the Reva show. And I don't think so. I, I have tended to disagree from the whole thing, but she has felt like a primary villain. So we've got a lot of exposure to her. We understand her mo- what motivates her. We understand the basis of her character. I mean, we had three whole movies about the basically the golden age of the Jedi, you know? So to see her... To, and to, to kind of fill in the gaps, too, to, to know what she must have been through to become an, an Inquisitor um, after nearly being murdered by Vader. Yeah, it's a big deal. So the headspace she must be operating in as a character to get to this place and then to let all of that go and come back to be a good person. I feel like that's something that... I resonate with, and a lot of people probably could. Well, I'm glad you think so, because I don't see that much as far as like when people express their opinions of the character. And I, you know, I'm one of them. I, uh, for me, the, well, let me uh, take the stage here and explain my, my, my view on the Riva character for you all. Um, while I didn't think it was becoming the, the Riva show, I do think there was a little bit too much time spent on her respective to the amount of time that was being shared for Obi-Wan Kenobi. You know, I was really hoping with a, with a title as Obi-Wan Kenobi, it would be a a lot bigger of a character study than it was. And we'll talk about the lesson Mm -hmm. that the main theme that, you know, Obi-Wan overcame in this, this series, which was talked about between his confrontation with Vader at the end there. But, um, I just think the the character of Riva, regardless of how much screen time she had or not, was very poorly written. Dialogue was terrible, and I like Moses Ingram. Have you mm-hmm. if you've seen Queen's Gambit, she was probably one of your favorite actors in that show, definitely for me. Um, and then she was in something else relatively recent that I did enjoy her with. Um, but man, there's a great actor can only do so much with what, what they're given. And I don't think she was yeah. given a lot of great stuff. And so it's not on her, you know? And for me, I, I didn't, I know what the creators, Deborah Chow, the writers, I know what they wanted me to feel at the end, but I didn't feel it was earned for me. I didn't, I didn't have a connection to this, this person. I feel like mm. they, when they were setting up the, at the almost at the very beginning with the the younglings and her journey and following down the dark path not so that she could become evil but so she could get back at vader but then succumbing to that unintentionally and losing her goal was great it did yeah and and then at the end being like okay well if i can't kill vader i'm gonna kill the, the next of kin it's the best I can do. And then she realizes, okay, I went down the path that I said I wasn't going to go down. I'm becoming just like him. I get it, but I didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> I just, 
and, and also the performance. I, I think Deborah Chow has done a lot of great in this, but I also think her working with the actors has not been the strongest either. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I definitely think they left this story uh, for Riva open so that they could have the option to explore it more. I would even say, hey, what if it, she shows up in Jedi Fallen Order 2, whatever that's called. Yeah, that, that would oh, possibly yeah. come too. Something. That's the first thing that came to my head. That could be because um, it's gonna isn't it gonna compound with the show like around the same time? Yeah, yeah. No. Supposedly, they're uh, Fallen Order is like slightly before the events of Obi Wan, so it's oh, so relatively we, in the we same. We may time. see her, especially with like the. Fortress Inquisitory, which was in the game, and yeah. all the call tie-ins with the game, like breaking in underwater, like it, oh, I, yeah. I think that could be so awesome. cool. Yeah, man, <laughs> you, you need a, I you loved need that a, episode. <laughs> how much lotion you got over there? You okay? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, yeah. So I hear you. I hear you on what you're saying about like the the not enjoying it. There, I think, I, I think there's a little bit of my inner child suspending. I think I connect with Riva in a lot of ways. So, for me, that I'm I'm willing to give a little bit of grace towards like the dialogue and stuff. Um. But I too, at the beginning, was a little bit shaky on her. But with the whole comprehensive thing put together, I I, I really like how how they did it. I like how they buried the lead on that one. I think the thing that's pulled me out of the show most is like it. It looks like they've put invested more money in the Mandalorian. Than, oh yes. Yeah, and I'm I'm disappointed in them for that because this is I don't know how they could not have known that. <laughs> this would be the most popular thing that they'd ever put out on Disney plus. I, I want to actually touch on that. Cause I'm, I meant to, um, to bring that up in my review I recorded earlier, but um, I'm going to play some music for the background. If anyone's watching live, let me know if that's too loud, but we'll see how this works here. Okay. So yeah, as far as the budget, the fiscal responsibility of the show, I kind of see, I, I totally see what you're saying. When, before the show came out, I said, I don't think Disney, Lucasfilm, has, Disney Plus, has any idea how important this show is to the streamer, to the fans, and to their business overall. And to, I guess the future of projected programming. And it came to fruition when they released the numbers three days after its premiere. And it was the most watched uh, Disney plus event of all time so far. Yeah. And, and then because they never knew what they had on their hands, it was such a legacy character in this time period, et cetera. I, I don't think they put as much money into the funding of this project. And a part of that is probably because They've spent millions of dollars developing this over and over and over for seven years. So they were probably like, screw it. Yeah, they trashed a movie script. Yeah. Yeah. And I think at a certain point, they were like, are streamers available now? 
now you got two years to develop this exactly how you want it and just go here's you know 20 million bucks and you're right when you compare it to something like mandalorian um even the difference between mandalorian season two and season one was a, a massive jump in quality and when we saw footage at celebration for mandalorian season three it looks like a movie it looks way mm -hmm. 10 times better than season two I don't know. Have you seen the leaked footage from the, the trailer? No, no. And I'm still so bummed. I didn't get to see you at celebration. I know me too. That I was, was looking a, forward to it. That was a, that was a there hard was, thing. There I had a ticket so and everything. Oh, you did? Yeah. So wait, why couldn't you? Cause you thought it was in a, I, yeah, I, me I messed up some work else? scheduling stuff. Did you have your ticket from like two years ago? Is that why? No, um, have my 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 uncle had it for me. Oh, you know what? I think I remember you talking about that. Yeah, yeah. He, he he picks up a ticket for me every year. <laughs> hey, you know what was interesting about celebration? Kind of off topic, but um, it it was so bizarre to me that there was zero sequel trilogy presence at celebration. That's not bizarre zero. to me. I just, I just look at it from, I know they made their money back, but from an investment point of view, don't they still want to grow and like but, explore this Batu, all these things mm -hmm. they've invested in? Nope. <laughs> no, they, 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 they're watching the internet. <laughs> they're they're still on sad. Twitter? Yeah, they're still on Twitter. Yeah. In fact, I follow Star Wars on Twitter, um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> No, I, I'm not. I'm not surprised to hear that whatsoever. I mean, what, I, I really like everything that m most people seem to dislike. So I'm probably a really bad metric. Like I, I, my, I think too. You like this, my mom? I love. <laughs> <laughs> when I was, uh... oh my god, I, I still think the Last Jedi is one of the best Star Wars movies. <laughs> okay, Zach, thanks for joining us today. And yeah, now let's move great. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I really love The Last Jedi. Um, where were we? About <laughs> Kenobi? Budget. Well, you yeah, know, so you know what's interesting? Budget sucked. Like, the CGI, even in that ep in episode four, which I love. Mm. Um, but that was awful. With the exception of the, the tomb was kind of cool well done there's some set like even alderaan today uh at the end when kenobi's there it's like a painted set piece in the back of them and the 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 framing of everything is fucked up like it doesn't even look like he's actually in front of like these pillars and these large buildings it looks like he's in front of a painting of large bu buildings and pillars and i'm like man this takes me out like yeah. Did they some, blow some of the all of the money can... on the cameos from Liam Neeson and Ian McDermott and having Ewan McGregor in this entire <laughs> the show? Like, I I think that's part of it because a lot of people don't realize how high demand Ewan McGregor is and how much yeah. he, his salary demands. You know, in in the prequels, he was the highest paid actor, uh, except for Liam Neeson. But Ewan McGregor was. I did a whole episode on money and salaries, and I think it was something like 
10 million per episode for Ewan. And at the time, Damn, you know, that, that was, that's a list salaries, you know, and I can only imagine it's much higher now, but yeah, I mean, the I, man was in train spotting. So you can feel, you can also feel like the volume stage sometimes like, Oh, there's the uh, hemisphere. I can, I can see where the, the mat line is. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Sometimes it does take you out of it a little bit. And I think that might be why in certain, certain circumstances, like the Vader Obi-Wan fight, why you looked at it the first time as like from that um, hands-on creative point of view, like, Oh, I don't like that camera angle. Mm-hmm. Budgetary reasons. I actually think the, as far as like the cinematography and stuff, I think there was also major budget constraints there too. I thought some of the uh, uh, compositions of the shots were beautiful, but some of them are poorly dumb. lit. Yes, some of them are. But I think the lighting of the show overall is some of the worst lighting we've seen in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I when I was trying to make thumbnails for any episode, I take screenshots. First of all. Let me just go through some of these screenshots here from the episode. These are not edited. You can barely see what it Anything. looks like. I mean, when yeah. when I had to watch the show, I had to make sure every light in a three-block perimeter was out so I could watch this show. I mean, <laughs> it's hard to see. And then when I, I did, I loved this scene though. God, I love this scene. The 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 fight. Yeah, I love I love it when. Um, I just love that moment when Kenobi gets just like imbued with the, it's almost like the force was just like, be, like begging to crawl out of him again. He goes Jesus mode. Yeah. Just straight up Star Wars. Jesus. And don't forget the, the awesome oh. pose he did. <laughs> so the good. Iconic. And dude, all the, what I really loved something he was doing a lot was passing his saber behind his back a lot, like, like twirling it behind his back and catching it. And then like, like changing his grip up a whole bunch that was really really cool it was like it's like he was a whole new samurai okay so let's talk about that fight because there's a lot of important stuff happened there so um before i talk about my favorite part of it um i want to know more from you about like how why that was so important why that was so you know, great for you. You talked about how, like, the difference between your first watch and your second watch, but, you know, mm-hmm. the different emotional beats, the action that was being, or the story that was being told through action there. Tell me more about your viewing experience. <sighs> My viewing experience. So, I'll, get, I'll set the whole stage for you. <laughs> I, uh, I, wo- I woke up this morning, sat on my couch, I had a bowl of tuna. That's a weird thing. I had a bowl of tuna <laughs> at seven in the morning. <laughs> is this a, I think I've heard this joke before. <laughs> what? <laughs> Have you? And I'm sitting there and I'm watching this show and I'm thinking it's coming. That's the stage. And then it came. And so did I. But <laughs> I think when I, they, they, the thing they did very well um, 
the, like I said, or I think I might've mentioned this earlier, but the dialogue as Darth Vader gets off his ship after he uh, defies the Grand Inquisitor, uh, defies maybe the wrong word, but the Grand Inquisitor's giving him some sound advice. Felt very yeah. Kylo Ren on the la- in The Last Jedi there and General Hux, uh, <laughs> which was funny to me. Um, so then Darth Vader comes out and Obi-Wan doesn't waste any time and just like ignites that saber. And it's it's like it's a potent moment. They they did the audio very nicely there. Um, they did the same with Vader, like where it, like it almost just feels like an earthquake happens when he ignites that thing, and you're like, damn, these guys are just exuding power right now. <laughs> it's like Super Saiyan Four, Goku, <laughs> and Vegeta are about to throw down. And that's the closest thing to live action of that you'll get. So, yeah. And then the, the, you know, they totally relied on kind of extending the fight in Revenge of the Sith by even bringing back the music from Revenge of the Sith. The Battle of Heroes, which I thought was a very nice touch. And it's very cool. It just, it went, the fight in Revenge of the Sith was about two men, two brothers, who loved each other so much that they could not take the killing blow because they were too scared to, you know, still attached and uh, couldn't couldn't take that final swing to, to kill. So it's, that's why it's this long, drawn-out fight. It's, they're just spinning swords randomly because they don't want to hit each other. And they, I, they like go off of that here, but this time, ten years later, Anakin finally realizes, oh, it's not my fault that Anakin turned to the dark side because Anakin said he killed himself. Yeah, like Obi Wan, you didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. I killed him. I got got goosebumps at that point. Yeah, that was a really, it was a cool moment. That's a really cool moment. Performance by Ewan. I mean, look at this screenshot here. The tears in his face. I felt it, man. You and can then... see anything in that picture? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> oh, my God, the lighting. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, so when this kind of gets into what I was talking about, like, being, like, the main, what was the point of this show? What was yeah. what was the purpose? Because a lot of it felt very inconsequential and, um, like, it wasn't okay. really doing anything I else. See. And yeah. that moment where Vader says to Obi-Wan, you didn't kill Anakin. I killed him. Okay, now we now we found out Obi-Wan throughout the last 10 years has been thinking, I'm the He's reason Obi-Wan went to the dark side. Yeah, or uh, Anakin went to the dark side. Yeah, I'm the reason why clones came to the Republic. I'm the reason why, you know, Yoda failed. Because maybe if I went to get the Emperor, whatever. A... a infinite number of reasons and the fact that now he's kind of come to terms with that that's that was the point of the show for me anyway. yeah I, I realized okay that was the premise and he's got to be an optimist yeah. when when a new hope rolls around yeah and then he unleashes god mode he's like check out these rocks bro how do you like it <laughs> and that's when it gets like it's like over at that point so it was at that moment where i was like okay 
I sat around for five weeks watching his show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I when I saw when I saw him do the, the arms out in the rocks, I like it gave me the chills. Like I, I stood up and I went, he's still my cat. There he is. <laughs> I uh yeah, I'm still geeking about that moment. I did it like on the plane. I nearly stood up in the middle of the flight and was like, he's fucking doing it. <laughs> oh man, I am it just Oh, just even thinking about it gets me hyped, son. Okay, so I, even though this was the moment that I realized, okay, the show has given purpose for me watching it now, it kind of left me again at the very end of this episode. It didn't ruin it for me, but it left mm-hmm. me again. So I want to talk about Liam Neeson or Qui-Gon Jinn yeah. coming in at the end. Yeah. Um, Great. I think we can, yeah. I think we can both agree this was a highlight. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. It's, it's was, never uh, a bad thing when Qui Gon Jinn shows up, but it was just so lacking. It was so little. And I think what started that lacklusterness was the establishing shot of Obi Wan riding the Yopi, and in the right hand corner of a, a person starts to formulate and come on screen, and it was like. That's the shot choice you made for the introduction of Liam. Neeson. Yeah, why didn't we get like an over-the-shoulder, real tense moment? Like, or like, why? Like, even in the writing, like, why couldn't he have shown up to as a part of the sequence with Anakin and Obi Wan? Why just Obi Wan? Why? Yeah. So, yeah, so many choices I might have made differently. Um, because they kept introducing this, I, like, because Obi Wan keeps asking throughout the show, like, are, are you going to show yep. up? Like, I need you, hey Master. I've got to maybe kill him right now, or he's going to kill me. Are you going to come do anything about it? And then he shows up, like, right, right at the very end, at a moment of like it nearly zero consequence. And of course, he addresses that with the dialogue. But like, to tell Space Jesus that he wasn't ready to see other Space Jesus. I mean, come on. (laughs) (laughs) And then, yeah, so that's the first thing he says. You weren't ready to see me. I like how he's like, first thing he shows up, it's about damn time. Yeah. (laughs) It took you long (laughs) enough, boy. Dude, I've been calling you. You left me on red, mofo. And then, first thing he says, ready to see me. That right there made me go, Okay, that means in this series, that line of dialogue means everyone learned something really important in this show. What the hell is that? He cleared he out a not he have cleared been out chakra. He cleared out a chakra. <laughs> I think no, I I think but, it is the Anakin thing. I think I do think that Obi-Wan having this blockage of carrying around this guilt. And not being able to let go of the fact, like, like he's basically, it's like when somebody in your life dies and you blame yourself. Mm-hmm. It's the same, like, Obi-Wan's got this blockage and he, he wants to connect with Qui-Gon, but there's this spiritual force blockage happening. He finally lets go of it, says at this moment that my friend is truly dead. And I think the un, unspoken part of that is also, and I, it's not my fault. He walks away. Yeah, going through the stages of grief type thing. Yeah. Yes. So then why? Yeah. 
he was sent to Tatooine to watch over the boy by Yoda's instruction and said, training for you I have. Training to commune with Qui-Gon Jinn. How does mm-hmm. this have anything to do with training for that? Was that the training Yoda meant? or Because we didn't see him trying anything practice-wise to try and get to the point to talk to uh, Qui-Gon. I think Qui-Gon is the one that's facilitating the training. And the training is how to become one with the Force, no? You could put it that way, but then you, I have to bring up the, the the breach in continuity because how does Liam Neeson not... I thought he was only a, could only come back as a voice unless... I thought he was voice. supposed to be a disembodied voice, yeah. It's all very confusing. They've, but they've then again... They've adjusted the canon. <laughs> you see, you said that like it's... Like there's... Like Pablo Hidalgo just like is constantly just scratching out and writing a new line or something like that. I mean they've they've ret- they've retconned the idea that the body has to disappear in order to have have a force ghost. Unless it counts yep. also if you uh burn it to nothing. <laughs> They're taking the DC cinematic universe approach. Continuity Schmontinuity. I mean, look at Suicide Squad. <laughs> let's yeah, let's find out that uh, the sequel trilogy actually exists and is a what if movie. What if Palpatine had a granddaughter? <laughs> Oof, you would hurt. Oh, okay, so when he lifted up the rocks, the thing I said to Chris was like, "They're just they're retconning that he's she's not a Palpatine. She's a Kenobi." <laughs> I thought the same thing. <laughs> I thought or, that's- they're elaborating in Obi-Wan created a Palpatine and Obi-Wan yeah I mean it still makes sense (laughs) you're my granddaughter and you're (laughs) also his you do that too well hey uh, Han I I apologize (laughs) to have to back out early but I've got to run is that all right? you got the runs Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I was, we actually got to wrap up soon anyway. I think okay. I'll stick around to say a few more words, but if you want to yes. take off. I'll, wa- I'll watch right them ahead. a bit later and leave comments on the video disagreeing with you just to be funny. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Well, Thanks for talk- talking about this today. Real quick, where can people find you online? Uh, Instagram, Spotify, Tidal. Uh, that thing that Kanye sold that had the like it's like the I don't know what it, I don't know what it was but I'm on it and then um, <laughs> you, you can also find me on MySpace believe it or not um, I'm also on Facebook um, all of these links are <laughs> Zach Valadon ladies and gentlemen straight out of 2004 coming to you <laughs> Zach Valadon <laughs> put in links in the description for you guys. Awesome. Thanks, Zach. Thanks, Dad. That's Zach Valadon for you guys, everybody. Um, you know, disagreeing with everything Han has to say first here on Han Talks First. Um, I'm going to kind of wrap up a little bit here about my overall thoughts of the, the episode and the show. Look, I had issues. You know, I think anyone who is a fan of something 
should be uh, fandom is not about loving everything and apologizing for things that may you may not like but then you tell yourself you have to like it because you're a fan no fandom is about being so secure in your passion or admiration for something that you can recognize faults in certain things talk about them hear different perspectives on that but still be comfortable in your fandom nonetheless and i had issues with this show yes i've had issues with other star wars shows i've had issues with the movies i've had issues with the original trilogy i think you have too right so there's things we can love and there's things we cannot love you could still be a fan at the end of the day and getting to talk with someone like zach who for the most part we share common interests and likes of the franchise but you know with issues like the the last jedi and uh maybe boba fett and a little bit of obi-wan we have huge differences but it's really good to hear his opinion on on this because it shows that just because it didn't work for me or maybe for you guys it worked for some people out there so there are some things they're doing right but it's not about pleasing everybody it's about telling a good story i think half of a good story was told here in obi-wan kenobi i do wish they went different direction with things some things that were so great like the young princess leia whom i just adored she was so cute could put her in my pocket um the first episode i won't forget some of my favorite star wars of all time the final fight between anakin and vader things like that it gave me some positives and things to remember in star wars but i don't need a season 2 and looking forward into the future not really anticipating andor it's not something i'm interested in it's not a story i really want to to watch you know it doesn't have anything of star wars that's appealing to me in it so i don't think i'm going to be there premiere night watching it right away so i might just wait and hear what some of the audience has to say about it before i watch it but yeah that is my review or at least the live discussion for Obi-Wan Kenobi part 6 tomorrow on Thursday Thursday 22nd 23rd Friday Nope that's Thursday tomorrow Thursday I'll release my shorter review my official review of the episode and it get into a little bit more detail but also a little bit condensed so you don't have to be here for like an hour listening to me um but yeah thank you guys so much for listening to this today I hope you guys had fun with the series please tell me your thoughts in the comments below I respond to everybody and I love hearing what you have to say. And let's see what we have to look forward to next. And now my friends, somehow some way somewhere this week made the force. So who talks first? You talk first. I talk first.